Okay, so five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Work Rate Podcast. This is our AW Dynamite review. I'm Mike Fenn. I'm joined once again by Brad Carcastle. How you doing, Brad? Oh, I am doing quite well. How are you? I am good. Um, all right. So uh, before we get into my analysis, of, our analysis of uh, Dark and then Dynamite, first I want to talk about some news. There is uh, some interesting news, some really good news, and some slightly concerning news that just seemed to crop up on Twitter just before we started recording this. Um, there is somebody who is... Um, I don't want to say I'm not we're not going to take any sides in this because we don't know the story. But there's somebody who's saying that they used to work for AEW in a in a technical capacity, um, a lower level employee who is uh, who is alleging gaslighting, um, poor management, bullying while uh, he or she was on the job. And um, I'm not going to go into any of that right now um i'm just we're just hoping to hear at some point uh aw's response or if there will be a response um anyways this is what is being put forward by this person if you want to look for it online i'm sure it's readily available okay so that is the not so good news um hopefully that's cleared up and it's a misunderstanding but we you never know okay moving Mm -hmm. on Okay, so this week, um, the Young Bucks released their Killing the Business book, which is their the first book they've ever released. Um, I really like it. I pre-ordered it on... Um, actually, funny enough, I thought I had pre-ordered it on as, a, as an audiobook, because I read <laughs> audiobooks when I work. That's not the case. I pre-ordered the digital version of the book. So then when I received the digital of the version of the book that was not speaking to me, I rebought it as an audiobook and it's actually <laughs> really really good. Um for me I would just uh, just it's not Matt and Nick narrating. Well, I mean it, it's their writing but it's a uh, someone else reading it and uh yeah. to me it just comes off as like a a wonder years or um a Christmas story but wrestling Oh, which okay. I thought it, was, it actually would probably might be a pretty cool movie to talk about them because it talks about them from like when they're really young kids all the way up through. Um, I haven't gotten too far into it, but it's just when they're starting to do PWG shows. Oh, cool! So it's really it's really well done. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I've never this is the second um, wrestling book I've tried to read. I tried to listen to Brian Alvarez's book. wasn't a huge fan didn't get very far into it this this book's very good this is entertaining and i like it and i would highly recommend it to anybody i need to order it and check it out i've i've read mick foley's books his are really good all the time but i I need to check their book out i've heard chris jericho's are very good as well so yeah Yeah, i've heard that too yeah this is it's excellent i highly recommend it and it's not too expensive especially for audiobooks they are normally like in the 30s 40s this was 25 bucks not too bad Oh, nice. I'm sure it's... Did you get it on Audible? I got it through um, iTunes. Oh, okay. I buy it. Because I know sometimes on Audible you can get, like, free books on when using oh, the tokens I'm and sure, stuff. I'm sure you could, yeah. I've I've gone through all of... Uh, I've maximized that option. 
<laughs> already in the past. Yeah, I, I used to have Audible a long time ago. And then I forgot about it and had like 12 uh, free <laughs> books. I was like, oh, I should probably use these. Yes, you should. That, <laughs> that subscription can get pricey. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the second one was on the um, on the AW podcast this past week, um, the official one. Uh, the Cody Rhodes was on it, and he dropped some information about the contracts or um, how some of the contracts work. Because what he was doing, he was talking. He mentioned Red Velvet, and he was wondering. He he asked aloud, like, "Is she signed with us? Is she working for us officially right now?" And I think Aubrey Edwards said yes, and then he was just like, "Oh right, she's on her, uh, she's on her tier zero contract, which is the agree to appear contract." And he said that this is essentially a, uh, it's a f- per five appearances, and for the most part, with most of the people who are under that, they have uh, they get the first option to sign the person. So. Um, if somebody comes in, somebody outside comes in with an offer, I, I believe it's either during or after that uh, the five days, AW has the chance to match it before okay. they sign it legally, I guess. So uh, it's sort of like a, an option, in let's say in baseball, where a team has the option to re-sign them for a specific amount, and the team mm-hmm. can decline that option. So they can choose to sign this person or let them be a free agent and then tier one is their standard contract or their first standard contract and then they said there's tier one two three four and jericho so so i guess jericho has his own (laughs) which i guess is like for when he wants to go tour with his band with fozzy yeah because i would imagine otherwise it's quite similar to kenny's or the bucks or to um Anybody who wants to wrestle in Japan, I imagine it's mm-hmm. quite similar. So that's interesting to hear because I, I do remember um, Silver and Reynolds, men, they mentioned at one point that they got their tier one at one point. So I guess that's how it works. Like they're, He said that it's so that they don't just continually get paid for their one week, for one week, for one week, for mm-hmm. appearances, so that they get them for five for five appearances. And then beyond that, then they make a decision, or they can, maybe they could do it again, because I think there are some people who have signed, who have appeared more than five times. Like for example, like Kylan King, or Lee Johnson, for example. I feel like like there's, I think there's a lot more people signed to contracts than we mm-hmm. are being led to believe, and yeah. that he also said that not everybody gets a is all elite um, oh, okay. graphic and the, I, I didn't recognize the name, but he said there's another person who's in charge of that. Who's very particular about who gets it. So I guess there are some people maybe on tier ones or on tier zeros who don't have it yet. I find an mm-hmm. interesting one for me is always Ivelisse because she asked them if she could say that she was signed to AW and they said, sure, you can say it. But she's still not on their website on the roster page. And for me, until they're on the roster page, they're not on a full-time contract. That's how I'm handling it. Because even if they don't do is all elite, you would think they would be on the roster page. Yeah. That is weird that she's not on there. 
So I'm thinking so quite a bit. Thinking it could just be continual tier zero basis for her, because she is a, a she's a bit of a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. So that could be why. Maybe they just want to see how she does for an extended period of time before taking the leap on that one. So I found the, yeah. I found that interesting. And speaking mm-hmm. of contracts, Matt Seidel officially signed his full-time contract. So that's yes. exciting. I like Matt yeah. Seidel. He, he is all elite. Yes, he got yeah, he got the graphic. He got and mm-hmm. uh he seems really happy. I'm happy to see him in AEW. Um and my personal what I would do for a pitch for him and for another is to to group him up with Serena Deeb as sort of like a older spiritual yogi hippie tandem mm-hmm. because she her thing is her yoga and it's part of her character her shirt is a sloth doing yoga and it says oh, uh, nice. says it's in like a 60s like psychedelic style thing it says uh, like Serena Deeb Namaste mm-hmm. or something so it's like these two couldn't be more perfect yeah. together as that makes a lot of sense as a duo it's a, mm-hmm. yeah because he's got the whole third eye thing mm-hmm. and... it just it just makes sense and they believe in it like it's legit for those mm-hmm. two it's not it's not a gimmick this is what they do like he got he got kicked out of japan for smoking pot so... yeah. <laughs> okay so uh now moving on to dark um I'm just going to talk about some standout, like a, I won't talk very, very much in depth, but just if people want to check out a few things or a few things that I thought were of note, Janela and Marco Stunt had a brief banger of a match and they've, that match was really fun. They've had some heavy duty matches in the past in the Indies. Mm -hmm. And, um, I became a huge fan of Marco Stunt because of his matches with Joey Janela at, on his uh gcw shows very very good stuff there are some nasty bumps in this one if you want to see some guys plant each other on their heads watch this match yeah i think they both it's not very long too so it's not a big time sink oh i I think they both kind of got a little banged up in this match yeah (laughs) i think janella ended up with a stinger and uh i think marco stunt may have tweaked his hurt ankle again yeah that's what it looked like but my favorite part about this match was probably Janela and Sonny's entrance. <laughs> yeah. And Sonny was shaking their butt and Janela like flew back. And then I think Excalibur was like, that's the best bump I've ever seen Janela take. <laughs> which is <laughs> which is saying something because Janela is yeah. a bump master. If there's yeah. one thing he can do, it is bump. <laughs> okay. So the next one, there's an interesting segment here. And I, I, I'm curious if they're just trying this out on Dark and they're, Maybe they'll they're gonna bring it to Dynamite or to the eventual third show, and that was Doctor Baker's waiting room. It was a mm-hmm. interview segment similar to uh, Chris Jericho's old. I can't. What was it called? What was it called? Uh, I want to say the highlight reel. Yes, and don't. And, yeah, I think that like, yeah. like Piper's Pit. She had a mm-hmm. Piper's Pit, and um, so it's the waiting room of her. Uh, of her dentist office. office. Reba's yeah. there, sort of like her Andy Richter. Let's mm-hmm. say that uh, it, it's very much uh, set up kind of like a late night uh, show mm-hmm. in terms of how 
this segment works because it starts off with a monologue where she's monologuing about the latest news within the company. Um, she starts to rip on Eddie Kingston, saying that if he focused uh, more on the match instead of his eyebrows, maybe he would have won. Um, <laughs> she uh, she starts ripping on the books because of their book, saying that she doesn't know where you can buy it. Um, and then she brings out TH2, and uh, they're talking of they. TH2 starts calling out the Bucks for nepotism, um, for just hiring all their buddies, and they're saying that they are going to take out some of those said buddies, and that would be SCU. <laughs> and um, I thought it was a cool way of getting some more people who don't normally get a spotlight on TV. First of all, it's the women doing the talking, which is cool, and TH2 <laughs> has not had much to do. And yeah. SCU hasn't really either. So I'm interested to see where that goes going forward because they have been building a they have been building a feud on dark between those two teams. So we'll see if it sticks there or if they are experimenting with this to see how it works for the big show because if it does get going or if it does really click, it would be an asset, I would think. Oh yeah, for sure. Interview segments always help. Especially with uh, Brit on wrestling shows, yeah, she's a really good talker. Uh, with the TH two calling out the Bucks friends, it, I mean, it played into dynamite. It did too when we get it to did. that. So we will we'll get into that in just a few short minutes because <laughs> they did make their presence felt. Um, yeah. Okay, Layla Hirsch picked up a win in this in this dark episode. It wasn't the greatest match. She was facing somebody that was super green and showed like yeah the person screwed up a few times within the match yeah you could you could tell that i don't person she fought was pretty i don't want to i don't want to bury the person or talk about Mm -hmm. like say their name or whatever the like they're there to get experience they had a good they had a the person had a a pretty good match in their previous appearance so maybe this is just an off an off night um Mm -hmm. i think layla hirsch she's very good but i don't think she is to the level where she can lead somebody yeah. who doesn't know what they're quite what they're doing yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't, th- I don't even think uh, that many veteran wrestlers can do that to the point, to the point that some of these uh, dark people are at in their career. Yeah. Like some of them are, look like they're just learning still. So, because it could be the case. Yeah. Cause lit. Any match I've ever seen of Layla Hurts, she knows what she knows what the hell she's doing. She mm-hmm. she strikes it. I'll talk about this a bit later, but there are a few AW prospects that strike me as people that once they get called up to the big team and they're playing with essentially with the elite, that's mm-hmm. that's where they excel. Um, yeah, that's very similar in sports, like where. Uh, like a top prospect gets called up to the big team and all of a sudden they're so much better than they were um, in the minors because the people they were playing with weren't up to their level. So they were trying to do everything themselves. And I get that impression with Layla and I will talk about another couple guys who I have that same impression with once we get to Dynamite. Okay, the next match was TNT, which is Devon's boys. Devon Dudley's yeah. boys had a match against Jurassic Express. It's pretty good. It was better than their previous one last week. Um, 
they had a couple funny spots in it. Or they had one where one of the brothers, one of the brothers took a powder on the outside, and the other brother came before Jungle Boy could do his dive. The other brother came out from underneath the ring, tapped him, pulled him underneath, and he <laughs> replaced him so that he could uh, get out of the way of Jungle Boy's dive. It was a it was a cute bit. I liked it. It was funny. That's that's good. Um, so I'm hoping to I'm hoping to see those guys improve. Whether or not they end up in AEW, who knows? But it's good to see Devon's kids out there, which really makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it does. <laughs> All right. The next one I want to talk about is just, is just the acclaimed uh, Caster and Bowens. Again, an, a, a better match for them this time. Um, not that they were bad before. I thought they were quite good before, but I think they're looking better and better as a team, um, especially uh, Bowens. And Caster did look significantly better as well in this match. His raps are getting better as well when he's coming up <laughs> to the ring. And they're pretty funny. I'm looking forward to him doing this on the on Dynamite eventually because it, it'll get a pop. They're pretty funny. Yeah. They're pretty funny. Oh, that's good. And what they is, there were five women's matches on this dark, which is possibly a sign of things to come in the company. So. so that's good. And that is a general theme of this episode is that uh, they did well by the women on mm-hmm. Wednesday and Tuesday this week. Oh, for sure. Okay, so getting into do- into Dynamite, uh, we had the Young Bucks versus Top Flight. And I've talked about them two weeks in a row now. Um, but it's, uh, I can't remember his name. Airwolf and his younger mm-hmm. brother. <laughs> um, uh, I'm blanking on it now. Yeah, because I, I, I. Anyways, Top Flight, they're <laughs> they're incredible. Um, they yeah, they are. They came out and they gave them a promo package, and um, they're yeah, it was a really good package too. Like it got me really hyped up. I was like, oh, let's go. It's uh, they're two young brothers, similar to the Young Bucks, and they both got into wrestling together, similar to the Young Bucks. They're both getting started uh, at tw- at twenty one and nineteen, so mm-hmm. that's as young as I've ever seen somebody debut before. It's possible someone's debuted younger, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. So it's that's yeah yeah. The promo package starts as uh, where Airwolf contacted Matt Jackson asking if if he could uh, watch their latest reel, and this is this was in DMs on Twitter. And uh, he said that uh, he said it, it's a long shot, but he really wants to be in a he really wants to be in AEW. And they showed Matt's response, and it says uh, he'd have he'd have talent relations uh, reach out to them. So it's either he watched it, liked it, or he sent it directly to talent relations. And then um, it talks about their age, um, and then it shows a bunch of clips from the indies, which is interesting that they were able to get mm-hmm. a hold of all that stuff. It shows that they uh, really think uh, highly of these guys to get all this footage, and they closed it with them in AEW gear. Yeah. So I, I thought that was cool. I would say they're all but signed. Mm-hmm. And if anything, like we've talked about earlier, they're probably on that tier zero. Yeah. yeah. I hope they sign up to more than that. They, they just I think they will. Good. It sounds like they want to be here. It sounds... Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like they they might have to do a little negotiating. I don't know how it works if like tier one has 
has a just like a base salary or if it's uh or if it's different per wrestler who knows but yeah the, these guys are good i've watched them on the indies i've watched them on dark and these were these are guys that i truly believe when they get in the ring with the elite players they look like elite players mm-hmm. on dark you could see that they would they would go to the spot where they're going to do their move and the guys wouldn't be there yet so they'd have to wait for the guys to get into their spots so that they could execute yeah. their stuff too which fast is not their fault <laughs> like uh, that's not on them so watching them against the bucks today good gracious i mean yeah this match ruled these this is as good a debut as you can ask for from a team especially mm-hmm. a team that's as young as these guys where it could have gone wrong for these guys um they're they're clearly they're not the finished product yet but they're as close as you can be they're like ben carter before them where mm-hmm. there there is can't miss a prospect as you can get yeah. at this point that the stuff that they can do in the ring is so athletic i've never seen people jump so high in my life um they're very much in the mold of the young bucks and private party and i'd actually be a little worried if i was private party because yeah. these guys kind of come in and fill that same type of role mm-hmm. as them the the young heir apparent like uh young bucks junior yeah role like uh like these are the next guys cuz i look at a i look i look at a private party i look at these guys and just like you're doing similar things but you're doing it much faster and cleaner than you yeah than you guys are and you're also much younger as far as i can tell but one thing that might be cool is like a rivalry between the two of them maybe vying for the attention of the young bucks yeah like a couple young young bucks no pun intended but trying to make their name for themselves against each other that could be really cool like a best of series Mm -hmm. against Mm -hmm. a bunch of matches against each other and it's clear that aw thinks a lot of private party as well um Mm -hmm. but yeah the these guys, my goodness, they, they took the Bucks to the limit. They got a very convincing near fall. They were they were giving Top Flight a lot of offense in this match to the point where at one point on one of the near falls, I thought I was like, "Wait, are they going to put? Are they going to have Top Flight upset the Bucks and take the and take the belts in a shocker, and that way they can have Matt go off and have his surgery?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, that there's like one near fall that really got me i was like whoa oh he kicked out yeah i think they were like holding nick up on the ropes and then they rolled matt up or something it was a really good i think they might have been going for bang for your buck and then uh Mm -hmm. the younger the younger of the two brothers reversed it into a pin yeah and then they were able to hit him with the bt trigger came over but then after the match the the bucks are sitting there in the ring they're like holy shit what was that like mm-hmm. we we these kids are amazing, and then on the outside you see uh, Hybrid Two has jumped the rail and they're beating up uh, Top Flight, and the Bucks run over to help them chase them off. Um, they're actually beating them with the Young Bucks book, which they yeah. <laughs> then threw at them, and uh, and they help them up, and then they hold up Top Flight's hands and like holy holy shit, look at these guys. These guys are amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that there's, they're probably going to do 
based off the dark and based off this, a hybrid two versus uh young bucks um angle feud yeah. going forward, which I think is cool because we haven't seen a lot of hybrid two and yeah. they're fresh and they're talented. And it might start maybe with hybrid two getting a match with top flight first and then working their way to the bucks. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, that'd be really good or not. We'll see, but it looks like, uh, all three of these teams, well, of course the young bucks have a future, but it looks like we're going to be seeing more <laughs> hybrid two and top flight going forward, which is both good things because, uh, hybrid two hasn't really had a chance to like shine. Mm-hmm. too much like they have down in triple a but it'll be good to have both teams mm-hmm. and Fresh similar teams. yeah similar to the women's division as these guys get more reps they'll be in better shape they'll be a little crisper because they like jack evans has made a few mistakes but he's talked about how he's not been in ring shape that much because mm-hmm. he hasn't been working that much because the pitches he gives the teams are haven't been that good, so they haven't been putting him on. Yeah. But uh yeah, this match I gave it four stars. The only reason why it why it wouldn't go higher was it was just a it was a banger of a match that didn't have a ton of story. So mm-hmm. but still just a fantastic debut. Like the sky yeah. the sky's well, this guy's quite literally the limit for these guys. Yeah. They jump. Especially how high they jump. They jump higher than anybody I've seen in my life. It's really cool. And they do mm-hmm. it so smoothly. Yeah. It looks completely effortless. Okay. So on to the next segment, which was inner, inner cir- the Inner Circle in Vegas. I'm going to talk about, I think we'll talk about this both segments because they split it up into two spots in the show. Yeah. Um, so it starts with... Uh, it it actually starts with the song "Drinking with Jesus," which is a uh, with it, which is a Fozzy song. That's what it this yeah. uh, video is edited to, um, and they actually <laughs> did a pretty they did a very good job editing to the music of this. Like all the little punchlines and all the little spots were done mm-hmm. in time to the music, and I appreciated that. The video was the the videos are getting better and better as uh, yeah. as they go forward with their editing they're they're quite smooth so it starts with they're in a casino and mgf and santana are having great luck they're blowing on each other's dyes they're playing poker together they're doing well and sammy and ortiz not so much they're losing they're getting angry you can see the dynamic they've been mm-hmm. working on the dynamic between these four guys the whole time um and then they have jericho and mgf at a bar and they they did the whole steak one upmanship where they were yeah. tr- trying to get the uh, the rarest steak and, and this time it was with alcohol so like yeah oh, stronger proof alcohol let's do vodka <laughs> let's do this let's do like they kept going up until eventually they ended up on Everclear which if anybody knows it's a hundred proof and it can make you go blind oh, yeah. <laughs> if you drink it um, so it doesn't taste good either no it doesn't I've, I've mixed it into <laughs> a drink before. It's it's not fun. It's not something nope. you do past uh, college. Yes, for sure. <laughs> okay, so then there's they're stumbling around outside, and um, Santana and Ortiz is like, "Hey, let's take it up a notch. We got a guy." And Conan walks in. K Dog oh, walks I'm up. Marked. 
out so much. And, he, and he's like, hey, out. man, I got the good stuff. And then the next thing is they open up the door of the limo and a bunch of smoke comes out. So they were smoking <laughs> weed in the limo, which is kind of funny because uh, it's not legal everywhere in the States. So I was, <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised that they uh, yeah. that they had that bit. And then um, next they they're back at another bar and they're all celebrating. They're getting they're drunker and drunker each time we see them. And you see Ward, Wardlow and Hager, like somebody bumps into Wardlow and then he punches that guy. And then Hager doesn't want to be one up. So he grabs another guy and headbutts him. And they keep yeah. going back and forth fighting these guys, which is kind of similar to the pitch I had the other week of them being in a tag team and just uh, trying one to one up each other in the match, which I think is coming. I think they're going mm-hmm. to play that up going forward. Which, oh, yeah. It's like a little Legolas versus Gimli rivalry between the two, and mm-hmm. I'm excited. Um, and then the second, then it says to be continued, and then later on the show they show the second half, which is essentially the Hangover. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. In the in the first half, they're also on a rooftop, and uh, they're with a an Elvis impersonator, and then yeah. afterwards it says Elvis is. Um, it doesn't say Elvis is all elite. This is Elvis has joined the inner circle, which inner is funny. Mm-hmm. So in the next scene, Jericho wakes up in bed with the Elvis. Um, <laughs> and the, the other guys are waking up in various states, very similar to the hangover. Um, MJF has your soft written all over his face and Sammy was here and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Ortiz is working out. Um, Santana, yeah, like I, I can't remember what Santana's up. doing. I think he's just eating waffles or something. He's eating Funyuns. He's eating Funyuns. Yeah. yeah that's fine. And then they hear a baby crying. They open up a door and it's Hornswoggle in, yeah, in, a diaper. in a diaper. And then it cuts. Ended. <laughs> yeah. And I was, it was, it got some chuckles. Mm-hmm. The humor is a little dated with the hangover. I mean, it was funny when I saw it a, a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. it was still kind of funny now when they, the Elvis was very funny. Hornswoggle was funny. It was, but it was more functional than funny. It was just yeah. showing the dynamic between the guys within the group, essentially mm-hmm. just reiterating what we've seen before where Santana appears to be happy with the situation. Ortiz and Sammy Ortiz are not. hates it. Mm-hmm. And Wardlow and Hager, I think, are maybe going to become buddy buddy at some point. But right now, they have a rivalry. And Jericho and yeah, MJF, I actually thought they're going to be come friends after they beat up those guys. Like I thought they'd like give each other a high five or something. I saw somebody I on Twitter said, "I can't wait for the Bash Brothers to uh, to to have a match together." And they photoshopped their heads onto the Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks, yeah. Bass Brothers, which is which was very funny. Yeah, that'd be really good. Okay, so then it, we go to a Moxley promo, which was uh, it was where he's sitting in a in a in an interesting lit hallway as he usually mm-hmm. is, and he is talking about how his dad was a tough man, how his dad would hit him when he when he screwed up, that he was a very scary man, but that um his dad always reiterated to him, even after he would, would screw up or after he would pick him up from the police station, he would always tell him we're the good guys, no matter what happens, we're the good guys. 
<laughs> and he said uh, he's defended his his belt against countless bad guys, and he'll continue to do so. And then he drops a little bit of information that had the whole Twitter buzzing. He drops that. Uh, yeah. He said he's like he said like he's like, and I've got a baby on the way. This yeah. he just dropped the pregnancy announcement of Renee Young on in the middle yeah. of this promo, and he does it just casually in a promo. <laughs> yeah, and then moves on, which <laughs> which was which I thought was kind of amazing because it draws the parallel between him and his dad as fathers, and um, mm-hmm. it highlights how how much he's willing to risk by constantly defending his title in AEW against all these monsters against AEW's best and now against Kenny Omega and mm-hmm. uh he's a and it's essentially what what would he do as a father for his kid he would go to war with Kenny Omega and establish himself as the ace which yeah. that was cool it was a very 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 honest promo <laughs> yeah which is really good and the announcement of him being a dad is, was cool. Yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, he kind of buried the lead on it a bit, which was funny. Yeah. <laughs> like he he just took that in there. But when he was, ta- it was interesting because he started talking about his dad and then revealed that he is also going to be mm-hmm. a dad. Yeah, whenever he said it, I was like, "Wait, did this already get announced?" Or did he just casually dropped that big of a bombshell of information just out of nowhere like that. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Then we go on to the next segment, and this is pretty much the only thing of the night that I you could I could argue for not liking, and that was uh, Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy. I was not a fan of this match. Generally, I have not been a fan of Kip Sabian's matches for a while now. I just mm-hmm. he just does not draw me in in his matches. There's no intensity. There's no drama. I just don't really get it with him. I like his character outside the ring. I think he's quite funny. Um, yeah. And you and I were joking. The Penelope Ford is. Ford, oh yeah, the best best thing about Kip Sabian. Yeah, Penelope you said that Penelope Ford is the best thing about Kip Sabian, yeah. and that's very true. The best part of the match yeah. was Orange Cassidy. Uh, went outside and um, Penelope Ford got in his face and she went to, she put up her hands as if like, Oh no, don't hit me or whatever. And and then he just gave her two high fives yeah. and then rolls back in the ring. That was the mm-hmm. best part of the match. And the next best part of the match was um, Miro on commentary was mm-hmm. uh, he was doing his best to add some life to this match. He was very good on commentary. He was, uh, he was critiquing everything Kip did, which I think is, going to he's sort of like taz does yeah with uh with team taz so i feel that this is going to this is going to be what leads to him eventually turning on kip sabian is maybe mm-hmm. feeling that he's not up to snuff up to snuff with yeah. uh, with miro's quality and this can't come soon enough because this is so boring yeah i figured they would have at least done the because they, they haven't even done like the bachelor party yet or they haven't done they? the bachelor party for the wedding, which is also coming, it's just it's mm-hmm. going on. It's going on way too long. Yeah, and the the longer it goes on, the more I forget that it's happening. Yeah. Um. So, Orange Cassidy won with the mouse trap. 
and Miro comes he comes running down really quickly and so fast and just removes the head of Orange Cassidy with a lariat yeah. <laughs> and I liked that part that yeah. was good and then um best friends come out chase them away and Orange yeah. Cassidy was selling the hell out of the lariat mm-hmm. that was very good it was- I, it was fitting that Miro was wearing all red for how fast he ran because it was like the flash coming out of commentary. I did hear, I I can't confirm this, but apparently it looked like, I, I missed this, but apparently it looked like uh, Kip Sabian goes bell rung in the match again. Um, I didn't notice. but Yeah, neither did I. But it, he's looked a little wobbly at other times when taking mm-hmm. a hit to the head. So hopefully he's okay. But again, at the most i could give the if i was being really generous would be three stars and that just means it was fine like yeah like it wasn't bad and aw generally does not put on bad matches unless it's mm-hmm. a a dark match with people who don't deserve to be there yeah yeah it was just straight down the middle but it wasn't anything it was competent that's what i can yeah. say which is it got to the awesome Nero Lariat, so, mm-hmm. or Miro Lariat. So that the Miro Lariat, Mir, Miro Lariat was worth it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we get to the Kenny Omega versus John Moxley contract signing, and they announced that this is for the match is going to be on December second, which we knew, but the that episode is going to be called Winter's Coming, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's Game of Thrones. A little late on the Game of Thrones references, but yeah, but what can you do? Yeah, people still it's. I mean, people still know what it is. So yeah, yeah, it works. for sure. Okay, so uh, Kenny comes out uh, to his usual ridiculous intro, which apparently <laughs> now also takes a shot at um, John Moxley, and yeah. he comes. Do you? Before we get too into it, do you know why they always mention North Carolina? It's a Michael Jordan stuff? reference. Oh, okay. Anytime I, Michael Jordan was announced at a basketball game, and they went, and from North Carolina, Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. That, okay, that makes that's sense. What, I, had always, I was like, what? He's Canadian. I don't get this North Carolina thing. I think the, I think this is a Bucks thing. The mm. Young Bucks are huge basketball, basketball fans, yeah. and uh, they're huge um North Carolina Michael Jordan fans. Okay. They're huge, they're huge uh, 90s Bulls fans. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because even Kenny doesn't seem like a basketball guy. Yeah. So. You never know. Apparently, Kenny <laughs> was a... Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. He's almost a, a hockey player or something, right? Yeah. He was, he was almost drafted as a hockey goalie. I don't know if I'm getting mixed up with one of these ridiculous intros and they drop that in there <laughs> as a joke or if that actually did happen. Oh, no, it was uh, it was Don Callis said it on commentary. That's right. Yeah, very That's interesting. Right. So Kenny comes out in a suit this time looking like Naito um, mm-hmm. and he's wearing the aviators, which he's slowly teasing this out bit by bit. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And, Me too. And he's at the ring, and John Moxley's uh, music hits, and his video on the on the screen comes on, but John Moxley doesn't show up. And Kenny, he's getting kind of annoyed. He's like, "Okay, here we go." And then they go, "Oh, like sorry guys, we have some uh, we have some video from the back. Something's happening back there." And they go in the back, and there's John Moxley lying on the ground, knocked out, bloody nose. They're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta get a stretcher to like, 
and a, and a neck brace stabilize to, neck. to stabilize his neck. Um, and then they cut back to the ring, and Kenny's just like, Kenny's so annoyed. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, here we go again. First it was your elbow, now it's your broken nose. He's just like doing anything to get out of this. And this is a man who just announced that he's expecting a child. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just so like, secure. oh yeah, this this guy's getting hurt again. He's like, mm-hmm. well, he's like, well, you know what? You're not getting out of this, Mox. He quickly signs signs the yeah. contract. Uh, first, not being able to get the little the little ball off the pin, the little ball the off the pin. I have that yeah. exact same pen. I've done that as well. Oh, I, I've done it before too. <laughs> I thought it was funny because I've been going through that this week with those pens. <laughs> I have a box of them. Um, yeah, so that that was funny. I uh, looking forward to to that match. It's yeah. going to be fantastic. Um, Oh, Do yeah. we want to speculate yeah, on let, who we think it is? Yeah, who attacked John Moxley? I think it's Kenta from New Japan because Moxley's the New Japan's uh, United States Heavyweight Champion, and they have a match coming up January 4th. That's my wishful thinking. It could just be Kenny, but I want to. And his nose is bleeding. So in Kenta's finishing moves, the go to sleep, which targets your face like that. Mm-hmm. Broken so. nose from a go to sleep. That would be yeah. the pinnacle. Um, mm-hmm. That would be very exciting if that was the case. I don't know what that would mean going well, forward. We've talked about all the rumors before and mm-hmm. stuff about them because working together. So That would mean that John Moxley would retain probably. And then Kenta, mm-hmm. and then Kenta would follow him to AEW yeah. at that point, which would be exciting. If he, if he, if Moxley just went to Japan and lost the title, it'd be like okay, he's probably they're probably just taking it off of him. But yeah. it would be very exciting if he retained. Or yeah, that'd be cool. And then Kenta could show back up because he lives here in the states, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he could show up in AEW anytime. He really could. He really could. It would be, uh, yeah, I don't know who else it would be. Um, Kenny was on the phone with somebody at uh, in on the last, last episode when he was leaving the stadium. So it's possible that he brought somebody in to do it. It wouldn't be Kenta. It could be Kenta. The, the he Bullet knows, Club connection. He speaks Japanese. Yeah, the Bullet Club connection and all that too. So That would be cool. That would be very cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so the next match we have, or the next segment, was uh, Pack versus the Blade, or Pack versus Blade. And I thought, and again, it was Eddie Kingston on commentary, as we are, as we are expecting now at this point. Anytime his <laughs> one, a member of his family is is in a match, and this match I thought was more good than great. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought Pack seemed a little bit rusty. Yeah, and, and commentary was playing that up too, saying, well, you know, he hasn't wrestled in eight months and stuff, so mm-hmm. it could have been by design mm-hmm. that they were playing it up. Yeah, yeah I was, uh, I thought uh, it was a good match. Um, Pat came out with a shotgun drop pick immediately. Um, yeah. Looking Blade jacked. was, Blade is the absolute pro, like the consummate mm-hmm. pro. Um, he, he can make anybody look good. Mm-hmm. I just, 
Um, and Pack ended up winning with the shooting star press and the brutalizer. I thought it was good. Pack mistimed uh, a, uh, I think, a springboard at one point, but it was fine. They they got they got their stuff back together. They had a good finish. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it, it was. It just seemed a little more functional than the banger that we were necessarily expecting. Um, however. The, uh, what happened afterwards? Pac grabs a microphone. Yes, that's what. It and was. then Kingston's like, "Oh, you want to talk to me?" Like the, I was laughing so hard at, at Kingston's like posture and the way he was talking. He's like, "Oh, you want to talk to me?" And the camera does like that perfect behind Pac. You can see Kingston just sitting there like, "What? What? Say something to me!" Yeah, with his arms up, like he's and he's like, he's like, "I'm on commentary. Why are you talking to me? I'm on commentary." Yeah. <laughs> and then Butcher comes up from behind plants uh pack. plants pack with a with the uh with the attack from behind then he and blade are beating down pack and then eddie comes running down in the ring and he's going oh it's been a long eight months hasn't it it's been a long eight months and he's on the mic and they're just beating him down and then phoenix runs out from the back and for i guess you don't know who's going to attack, but he he defends Pack. So obviously, yeah. the former uh, family member of Kingston's family, and then the numbers don't go Phoenix's way, and they start beating him down. They're beating Pack down, and then Penta comes out and from Penta, the back, yeah. and Penta's got a chair in his hand, and he goes up to hit Phoenix with the chair, but he turns it on Kingston, misses, and everyone uh, takes a powder out of the ring, and. Yeah. Death Triangle is back, baby. Yeah, they're doing the Death Triangle symbol in the ring and stuff. It was good to see. I was so happy because they they were together what like three weeks before the quarantine started. Yeah, I think they might have even done the Death Triangle music, which was cool. Yeah, which the Death Triangle music is amazing. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, it should be noted that actually, you know what? I'll get into this later, but. Uh, Remind me to talk about trios later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come back to trios. Yeah. Okay, so then here comes... And when this first started happening, I was mad. Because here comes the ladies uh, segment of the show, which every week, uh, just before the main event, they roll out some small little ladies match that that gets... I mean... Almost all matches. Three minutes. All, almost all matches get cut by commercials, so you can't really say, "Oh, it gets cut by commercials." They all do, with the exception mm-hmm. of one match. But it's normally small. They talk about heels. They talk about all this stuff. It, there's no story, and you forget about it. The ratings drop, and they move on to the main event. And I was just like, "Here comes the ladies' section of the show." So this is annoying because yeah. they keep putting it in the same segment or in the same. The same time spot. The same, same time spot every time, which really they should change that up. I don't know why they keep doing that. Yeah, that is weird. It's like, odd. You think they? It's odd. Put it at different spots, but keep it fresh. They redeemed themselves oh, by yeah. putting the most women's content on a dynamite, and it was probably the best content on this dynamite was the women's stuff. So I was very excited mm-hmm. to see. Oh, I yeah. thought they could have Long spread it. Coming. I thought they could have spread it out more, a little bit throughout the episodes, so it's so they don't jam all the women's stuff into one spot, mm-hmm. so that some like creepy men can uh, 
can conveniently avoid that time slot every episode i don't know <laughs> yeah it's it's odd it's weird mm-hmm. but uh so it starts it they cut to the back and there's it, there's jade cargill and she has um she has brandy's arm in the uh in a chair and she's gonna stomp on it and she's saying you think I won't do this? You think I won't do this? I'm gonna do this, bitch! And she stamps on Stomped, stamps yeah. on the arm, and Nyla Rose is back there with Vicky Guerrero, and they're holding back refs. And then Big Swole and Red Velvet and um, who's the other person? It was Serena, Serena Deeb come rushing into her defense and chase them away, mm-hmm. and they're checking on Brandy. And it was really quick. It was really effective. Um, yeah, Jade looks. Like I knew she was tall, but standing next to Swole, like she she's big. like a like a monster. Yeah, she's tall. She's bigger than Cody. Mm-hmm. She was taller than Cody. Granted, she was in heels, but still, yeah, like she's she's like an Amazon. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. She she has star quality. She oozes star potential. I can't wait to see how that how she does in the ring because she's got that Wardlow quality. Yeah, where you just can't keep your eyes off of them. Granted, she can do a little bit of talking, so I'm excited <laughs> about this. Okay, then it goes to the uh, Deeb versus Rosa match, which is an absolute banger. However, right before this match starts, they start talking about AW heels, which is fine. I would expect them to talk about the the women's community during the women's match, just like they talk about AW games during Kip Sabian and Miro's match. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. What I had a problem with was JR saying, do they have bake sales in AW heels? It's like, Oh my gosh, I did not hear that. And I'm glad I did like, Holy crap. JR, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> JR, my man, You're f- we're from the same state. What are you doing? dude? <laughs> I was like, oh man, so I was annoyed for the first 10 seconds of this, <laughs> and then that annoyance completely left my mind. Because okay, I, This was my match of the night, Deeb versus Rosa, this match was excellent. Because Deeb and Rosa come out, and they just, they had the match that you thought they were going to have. <laughs> they are who they, who we said they were. Um, yeah. the, like, Deeb is the ultimate counterpuncher using her flexibility and her mat wrestling to counter the mm-hmm. intensity and power of Rosa the whole match. Yeah. They're just going back and forth. Rosa with the intense running and power moves, Deeb with the counters and the roll-ups, and she's getting put in submissions, but she's so flexible because of her yoga. She can bend her way around and then counter them. Into yeah. She's like the, uh, the female um, Zack Sabre Jr. out there. Yeah, it's so fun to watch. She's doing moves yeah, that I don't know what they are. I don't know what to call them, but they're <laughs> so cool. And this is an absolute. I felt like they gave them more time. That I don't know how, but it seemed like they slowed time down. For because I think the women all told were only on screen, not just this match, but the the whole this whole segment we're talking about was only about twenty minutes. But it felt like they were out there for about 45. It was amazing. Yeah. They, and not in a bad way. Yeah, not no. Like... Not that it was dragging, but that they managed mm-hmm. to fit so much into it, including this yeah. match. This match felt like it was a 20-minute banger with the yeah. amount of back and forth these women were going for. And then at one point, Reba comes on the outside, and she's yelling at the ref. and I'm like, oh, here we go. 
Here we go. And uh, Britt Baker, this is where Serena Deeb is down at this point. Britt Baker comes, grabs uh, Rosa, pulls her outside, and hits her with a swinging neckbreaker on the the ramp, ramp. which looks really good. That's a really nice move for Breaker. It was crisp. For Breaker. For Baker. Mm -hmm. Um, For Britt Breaker. And I was really excited about this because Baker and Rosa have been... Uh, doing a little jaw jacking on Twitter the past week. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, Baker calling her out for coming into her company, into her division, and trying to act like she's the face of the division, and Baker taking umbrage with that. And this is really cool because it's pulling Rosa into their division, more into yeah. their storylines as opposed to just the random challenger from outside. Um, so they get back in the ring and Deeb takes advantage. The, inter- the interference didn't lead to Deeb's victory, but Deeb was able to, to pick up the win. Mount her comeback. Yeah. Which was good that's, because she, that might be my only negative thing, but I think that's just what I'm accustomed to in pro wrestling is usually when there's interference like that, then it goes right to the finish. Mm-hmm. It could just be something I need to work on in my brain. Mm-hmm. Cause usually that that's like the ending of a match, but mm-hmm. I liked it. Cause she, she got an ear fall out of it. And then Rosa had another comeback and almost beat mm-hmm. Deeb. And then Deeb was able to beat her in the end. Yeah. And, uh, I quite liked it. Um, Oh, I love this match. Yeah. So I like, uh, Deeb tried to do a go to sleep, which is a nice callback to her days in the straight edge society. Mm-hmm. with CM Punk. Mm-hmm. I like that. I don't know. I just like, I like both these women a lot. They're both excellent. More of this, please. Yeah. So the one, my one pitch that I would, if I were AEW, what I would do, and this is based partly on Thunder Rosa's tweets this past week. She had a tweet where she said, uh, it was like, dear Tony Khan, if you need some women, and she listed a bunch of women who wrestle under her mission pro uh promotion mm-hmm. that she runs um and there were like legit women including holodead who is very good also has really cool face paint would is a terrifying woman um mm-hmm. and my pitch would be uh team baker versus team rosa so that would be essentially Team AEW versus Team Mission Pro slash NWA in a blood and guts match. And there you go. You just fix the women's division. That'd be awesome. Now all of a sudden everybody cares about it. Yeah. and That'd be really cool. And if Team Baker wins, she gets a shot at the title. If uh, Team Rosa wins, she gets a shot at the title. Done. Mm-hmm. And you can put Deeb in team AEW. You, you can put heels and faces in team AEW and have them not really coexisting to with each other in the match and play up storylines there. It just Yeah. It would say a lot to the fans of women's wrestling and to the women in AEW that you're willing to give them that prestigious match that yeah, got scuttled. That no one's had yet. Yeah. They got scuttled. I think that that's what I would do. It's wishful thinking. I don't think it's going to happen. But based off that tweet, based off the war of words between those two people, that could be something they could do. 
and mm-hmm. I think that'd be amazing. And there's only like two women signed to NWA now, and one of them is Thunder Rosa. <laughs> so yeah, I gave that match a four point seven five out of five. I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was. I agree with you on that. With the exception of like one or two moves, it was mm-hmm. damn near close to a five star match. And then the next segment, another women's segment. Amazing. It was uh it cuts to the back and it is uh John Silver is talking to Anna J and he's saying essentially the Anna J, when you first came here, you picked up a loss, it was tough for you, but since then you've rebounded and you've become the Queen Slayer, you're on a winning streak. Um and you're you're gonna you're going for the throne. So she's gonna yeah. be going for Hikaru Shida next week, which uh good match. Um Anna Jay has improved a lot and after this segment, Shida was tweeting, um, essentially saying Anna Jay hasn't showed anything, she's not strong enough, she's not on my level, she can't compete with me, she's not ready for this, I shouldn't have to defend against her, which to me says that Anna Jay might have a shot of taking the belt off of Sheeta next week. That'd be nuts. And it would, it would shake up the uh, mm-hmm. the division. I think Sheeta probably still wins. but Yeah, I think she's going to win too. But, but that would be It'll cool. be a good match. And mm-hmm. I was happy to see Sheeta doing those tweets, and then maybe someone reads them and is just like, hey, maybe we should have Sheeta on TV. Yeah, maybe we should have her women's champion on TV. But yeah, no, I thought overall this was a really economic use of time getting mm-hmm. like a bunch of women on TV. Um set up had, a bunch of storylines, all sorts of stuff. They did we had three job. we had three storylines. Like these this is the type of shrewd booking that AW often does where they'll they'll have one match that will that will uh splinter off and give like three two or three different storylines off mm-hmm. of it. And I really feel like this match and this, or the, the D versus Rosa and slash Baker segment. Um, we might be looking back on the roadmap of the AW women's division and looking at this moment as when it's like the... it's, it started to solidify and, go mm-hmm. in the in the right direction and it reminds me of that moment there was a i think it was a a tag match it could have been a 3 on 3 i don't remember but it was where uh um Sheeta was fighting Britt Baker and Chris Statlander was fighting i think it was it might have been Penelope Ford on the outside mm-hmm. and it was it was in a tag match and they they were all squaring off against each other leading and they were leading towards their own separate storylines within the yeah. same match and right there um Chris Statlander got hurt and then the next week Britt Baker got hurt mm-hmm. and then everything was fucked yeah and i feel like they haven't been able to get back on the right track because of personnel until right now and it feels like they're just starting to do that type of story building and storyline again right now where they deviate within the because they don't have a lot of time to work with because they're only giving them mm-hmm. one match a night yeah. so they have to span off 
into these different storylines and this was this was them doing it man and i gotta give them credit because this was the best half hour of the night was oh for these sure women mm-hmm. and it's saying a yeah. lot because there were there were some really good matches including yeah including the next one which was um which was team taz versus team taz versus darby and cody and i thought this was a great match um it, first, it started with a a Darby art video, short film, short yeah. film, it's art school, art school movie, where he's in. Uh, it's black and white, of course. He's in a church <laughs> and he he's skateboarding around. And then he lights his leg on fire. It's sort of like, okay, that's weird. Um, yeah. But essentially, showing that he uh, he doesn't fear pain. He does doesn't fear anything. He's willing to to hurt himself for his craft. Like, fair enough. But then it comes back and Taz is on commentary. He's like, what the hell was that? He's like, yeah. Darby Allen lit himself on fire? What an idiot. <laughs> yeah. You play that while my guy's just standing around in the ring? Come on. He's like, this is what I'm talking about. This is the disrespect. My guys have to mm-hmm. watch this kid's art project. <laughs> I was like, this is very funny. Yeah. I was like, good, good for Taz. That's amazing. Um and then the match was great. Um, the standout, standout by far was, was Brian Cage. Oh yeah, um, building off of last week's uh, really good match with um, with Matt Seidel, he was <laughs> just an absolute machine in this one. Quite literally, he is the machine, Brian yeah, Cage. He's the fucking machine. He's he put himself on the map because for a while he was he was going down the Miro route where like where. What's he doing? What's his purpose? Uh, mm-hmm. Starks was sort of uh, passing him by, and Brian Cage look, looked awesome in this. They all looked really good, but Brian Cage looked yeah. incredible. Um, he finished the match off with an avalanche drill oh claw. That was insane. <laughs> which it looked it looked super safe as well. Like he protected. Dar- mm-hmm. It was Darby too. He hit Darby with it, yeah. pinning the champ. Very cool. Yeah. But also in this match, what I loved was um, Team Taz was starting to lose. They were getting they were getting beat, and Taz kind of got mad and came down to the ring, kind of mirroring right down to the shape Arn Anderson on the other side. <laughs> so he had these little balding men on either side, these <laughs> stout little men, and uh, Taz interferes with the match. Arn Anderson gets mad, throws a chair in the ring. Arn gets ejected. And then because of Taz, it seemed like because of Taz, um, mm-hmm. Taz's teaching, Team Taz was able to pick up the win because of his yeah. coaching, which was good because he essentially outcoached Arn yeah. in this one. My favorite and... spot. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm done. You go ahead. Oh, I was going to say my favorite spot was um, uh, Cage tries to German Darby, but Darby holds on to Starks, so Cage suplexes both of them. Oh yeah, that was and it then, was really cool. And then Stark's face, he just or uh, Cage's face, he just looks at Stark's like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was awesome. And then, um, mm-hmm. and then Cage and uh, th- did Cage and Allen then attack them after the bell? Yeah, Cage and Stark's uh, kept beating up Darby, and then Cody tried to make the save, but he kept getting beat up too because of the numbers. Yeah, game. and then. And then Will Hobbs runs out with the chair, and he's mm-hmm. swinging at them. They they take a powder. They go out of the ring, and Will Hobbs doesn't connect with them again. 
And he drops the chair, picks up the FTW belt. He's looking at it. He's holding it up high. He's just like, I'm going to take this. And, yeah. Co- and then Cody comes up to like say thanks. And then he and then... just turns and drills Cody in the head with the with the belt. And he's standing yeah. over him with this evil grin on his face. And it's a mm-hmm. perfect camera angle because he looks so big over top of him. Yeah. And then FTR yeah. comes in and they're all standing over him. And I was like, holy shit. Will Hobbs, first of all, Will Hobbs is now with Team Taz. But yeah. this was a star making moment for Will Hobbs. Like a hundred percent. He's mm-hmm. a made man now. He just oh, yeah. he just laid out the face of the company with the belt. And the in the finale of the episode and it also made team taz arguably the biggest baddest heel faction in the company yeah like uh inner circles off dancing in las vegas um Mm -hmm. we haven't seen brody in a while yeah, um, Dark Order's doing Dark Order stuff, but they're not like mm-hmm. they're being they're leaderless right now. They're kind of scattered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Kingston's family is has splintered. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're a trio, and if you notice, this is where I'm going to talk about trios again. Kingston's family's a trio. Death Triangle's a trio. Team Taz is a trio. The Gun Club had a match where the second son came out. They're a trio now. Um, that that was on Dark, um, but mm-hmm. but they had a match. The three of them, um, they're a trio. The Elite could be a trio. Um, Jurassic Express is a trio. Best Friends are a trio. Yeah. They're going to do, they're going to do the trios that they were going to do when they were heading into just before the pandemic. There was mm-hmm. rumors that they were going to do trios and they were setting this all up at that time at that yeah. time it was uh death triangle versus best friends in a street fight yeah and that was going to happen next week happen. and it ended up getting canceled it was going to be at blood yeah. and guts <laughs> that's right that's right i remember that it did not happen then then that ended up being best friends versus santana ortiz months down the line mm-hmm. so they yeah. ended up going back to it which is cool i'm glad they gave best friends their match but yeah, mm-hmm. so it looks like I've heard someone someone floated this. I don't remember where it was, where it was Twitter or Reddit, but someone said potentially a trios tournament where the uh the the tag team in the trio would get a shot at the tag titles and the the singles singles guy would get mm-hmm. a, a shot at one of the two belts, one of the singles okay. belts. And I was like, that's cool. That way you don't necessarily have to have a trios title, but you can still do a trios tournament. Yeah. And then you can make it like an annual thing or something. Or they could just do a trios belt. I don't care. I'm always down for trios belts. I love trios belts. The only problem is they only have so much time. Yeah, that's true. Um, that is true. If they Once they get the other show, you could do it there. Uh, trios mm-hmm. would get, again, would get more people on TV. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, but I, I'm so happy for Will Hobbs. Um, Me too. Then, oh my god, they they released a, uh, uh, it, the Team Taz. Picture. Yeah, and is all elite. Uh, Will Hobbs is all mm-hmm. elite, but it was Team Taz's color, and it said uh, Will Hobbs is um, Team Taz. Yeah, Will Hobbs is Team Taz, and it said We Build Assassins. It was like, oh yeah. my god, this is. In his picture, he looks 
ruthless. He looks like a monster in it. I love that picture. It, he looks like he's in like the Street Fighter gi, but it's black. Yeah. Like it, it looks yeah. so cool. He looked like he's straight out of Street Fighter. I loved it. Yeah. So yeah, that was a phenomenal ending to the show. I thought mm-hmm. the show overall was at least four stars. There was that one. Yeah. There was that one. I liked it a the lot. The one uh, match with Kip. Didn't love that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but everything else was good. My only wish was that they had spread the women out so that it wasn't like they get their own little corner of the show. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, that's something they could look at mm-hmm. and fix for the next time. Uh, like, I, I know why they do it, because... They feel like people aren't going to leave the show just before the main event. And if <laughs> the women's matches are getting bad ratings, they stick them right before the main event because they're probably not going to leave. Yeah. But I mean, if you just it. keep doing stuff like you did uh, the uh, Wednesday night, then it was it was amazing. I don't know why anyone yeah. would ever want to leave. That, yeah. that was good-ass content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so what are we excited for next week? I have the card for next week. It starts with Jericho and Hager versus SCU. I'm excited to see Inner Circle go back out there and assert their dominance. I miss yeah. I miss violent Inner Circle. I want more violent Inner Circle. Yeah. So they've been joking too much. They got to get back to beating people up. I'm excited for that. Then we have uh, Anna J versus Sheeta. I think that match. I'm really looking forward to that match. I uh, I want to see, I want to see more of it, or I don't want to see more of it. I want to. We're going to see Sheeta next week, which is good. We're going to see Anna J, which is good. Um, she's going to be a star in the company, one thousand percent, and she's making huge strides. And her standing hook kick that she does, which yeah. I believe is her That's finisher, awesome. is just a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. Then we have Pack and Phoenix versus Butcher and the Blade. That's an interesting contrast. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see how that plays out because it's not Phoenix and Pentagon. Pack and Phoenix. Penta, yeah. We haven't seen them tag on their own. That's interesting. You really don't see Pack tag very much. So yeah. I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, I'm really excited for this storyline in general. I think it's good. Yeah, it's been really good and it's just going to get better. I'm just happy to see storylines that aren't the main title storylines. Mhm. Which I guess yeah. the... And it's it's good Pack's back too, so yeah. he's been sorely missed. I have heard that Pack or I don't know where I heard where I saw this. I think it might have been Meltzer or just someone saying that Meltzer said it. Um mm-hmm. but it was uh, a rumor that Pack they might be pushing pack heavily for a period of time he's going to get a major push and after that push is done they're going to be like okay you can go home now if you want and and he can choose to go home or he can stay because right now the problem is that if you go home you have to quarantine and if you come back you have to quarantine so it's the back and forth and like uh like normally what they would do is he would come wrestle do his show go back and then he would fly back in the next week but you can't do that mm-hmm. right now it's essentially yeah. a month's worth of quarantine each time you or like per back and forth yeah so that makes sense get as I much mean, as they can out of him while he's here before he has to go back because there's and, also uh the feeling around the states i don't know if it's the same up there that but 
there might be another lockdown soon. Yeah, they. So it they looks could, like they're they could be, be lock- trying to get as much. They might be locking down my city tomorrow in Toronto. Yeah, in Canada. So that that's we're supposed to get news on that tomorrow morning. So mm-hmm. not looking forward to that. Yeah, it's the same in, here. So heading into the Christmas get, season. Yeah, and our Thanksgiving's next week too. So yeah, no, it, it's tough. It's tough. I'm supposed I was supposed to be seeing my family next week, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which is sad, that, man. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like they could be hearing the rumors about another lockdown, so they're like, "Well, let's get as much use as we can out of Pac or Pack before he has to go back, if he can even go back." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might get stuck here. Yeah. So then, then we can use them all we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. And then we have Team Taz's Team Taz's Will Hobbs will be in action, so he'll probably squash somebody. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, like I hope so. Poor Joey Janela. I'm ready to see a spine buster. <laughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, I, Joey I bet Janela. Joe, or... I bet Joey Janela will. If it's him, he'll just turn into a chalk outline. He'll just he'll just hit him with the spine buster and turn into dust. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's what we're having to look forward to next week. I hope we see more of Jade Cargill. I would actually like to see a little bit more of her. Um, I, I bet she'll cut a promo. Yeah, it'll be. I can see that. She'll maybe cut one on Brandy, or Brandy might cut one on her in a sling or something. Yeah. Or maybe. I wonder how long it'll be till we see Shaq. He was actually at full gear. Yeah, that's what I heard. He's backstage. Yeah. But I he wonder how long a... they'll bring him out on camera. Maybe at Winter's. Winter's. I can't even say it. Winter is coming. They'll bring Shaq out because they're hyping that up to be like a big. Yeah, they're saying that's going to be the biggest. I mean. They do that a lot. They hype up mm-hmm. a lot. They said Pat coming back was gonna shake the fa- change the face. Sh- yeah, <laughs> shake the foundation of wrestling as we know it. I mean, well, we've seen him before. We know what he does. But like, thank <laughs> I'm I'm very excited for Pac. Thank you. But yeah, this is what they 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 do hype things up a little bit too much. There's a bit of hyperbole there. But uh, I mean, if Kenny is taking the belt off Mox on that night, that's enough right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think I think that about wraps it up for this week. Was there anything else you wanted to say? Uh no, just in New Japan, they're doing their World Tag League and the best of the Super Juniors right now. Yes, but yeah, so that's been good. Uh, Cobb is in Will Osprey's group now, so it looks like he's staying in New Japan for a while. Yeah, it does look like that, which is I am still confused as to why they handled that and that. In that way, with Cobb, yeah, it's weird. with Cobb saying, "I can't announce where I've signed because I want the place to announce to have their big announcement while he <laughs> was currently wrestling for them at that yeah. time." Like they never made the announcement; he just continued to wrestle. Very strange. Just continued, and yeah, now he's in their brand new faction. So you know, yeah, so yeah, he's good. And good for him. He loves it there. So <laughs> yeah, all the power to him. So that I mean, that's been good. I think there's a match tonight or tomorrow night. So. If you have any, if you have a way to watch New Japan, mm-hmm. those have been good. And Shingo in uh, or Lij versus uh, Taguchi Gun last night was really good. Very nice, very nice. Uh, I have to catch up on my NJPW. I've been falling behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually World Tag League is you. I mean, really, you can hit or miss, but they're mixing it in with Best of the Super Juniors, so it's been good. That's that's cool. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I apologize for people. I had 
I developed a stuffy nose partway through this episode, so if you heard me sniffling or if my voice changed, oh, man, that I, was why. I think it's this room I'm recording in. I think it's very dusty. Um, yeah, it's, it's been super windy here, so my throat's been killing me all day. So, And yeah, the one thing I would say is if you want to ask us any questions or hit us up, you can hit me up at, at Fantastico on on Twitter. That's F-E-N-N-Tastico. And uh, I believe the name would just be Mike Fenn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My Twitter name is uh, not so rad Brad, and there's two D's at the end of Brad. So it's B-R-A-D-D. Yeah, and I'm always happy to talk wrestling with people. And if you have any questions, send it my way. I like to ask on on the AW subreddit as well, and sometimes I get a few questions there. I forgot to this time. Please forgive me. I, I've been playing PS5 and I... Oh yeah, PS5's out. So yeah. it's taken a lot of our time. <laughs> yeah, when I... Yeah, that's been... Uh, I've been staying up quite late. <laughs> okay, so we will see you guys next week. You guys have a good one. <laughs>